Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Mills College, an Oakland institution since 1852, announced Wednesday that it will end its role as a degree-granting college. No more students will be admitted, and the last degrees are likely to be awarded no later than 2023. We'll hear how declining enrollment, budget deficits, and the COVID-19 pandemic played into the decision, and what's next for the school. Then, continuing our coverage marking a year since the Bay Area went into lockdown, We'll have Wendy McNaughton, creator of the pandemic-inspired art show, Draw Together. That's ahead on Forum, right after this news. Filling in this week as your guest host. This week, Mills College made a shocking announcement. A school founded two years after California became an American state. A school that was the first women's college to offer a computer science program. A school that became the first women's college in the nation to create a trans-inclusive admissions policy will be shutting down. Alumni are devastated, and so is a swath of Bay Area arts culture. Like many small colleges, financial problems have plagued the school for years. Enrollment has fallen 30% in the last half decade, with the pandemic pushing the school to take radical action. It will not cease to exist entirely, but instead carry on as the Mills Institute, though many of the details remain to be determined. Joining us to talk about this difficult situation is Elizabeth Hillman, president of Mills College. Thank you for joining us at what must be a difficult time. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So I want to get started just with the basics for those listeners who haven't been following the situation closely. How did we get here? Boy, there's no short answer to that question. Um, You know, I think that changes across the higher education sector more broadly have had a big impact on Mills. I also think the particulars of the pandemic and the particulars of Mills College in particular have contributed to where we are. But you framed this in, in exactly the right way, I think, in your opening comments. You know, Mills has been a place of such great importance to so many people. Um, And that devotion is coming out right now. We can hear it uh, in all the recognition of how much Mills has meant to so many people because of this announcement this week. And I've been hearing that actually from uh, Mills graduates, um, from Mills students, from those who have uh, those who have taken away so much from what Mills has offered them in in the um, in the past years and even right now. But the declines in enrollment, um, years of operating losses, and changes across the sector of higher education have made it impossible for Mills to indefinitely continue its degree programs. I have to say, nothing happens too fast in higher education. We made this announcement uh, before we know all the details, to be clear. We still need additional board action, additional uh, um, conversations with our stakeholders before we can um, know exactly what we'll do next. We We need those contributions to figure out our next steps. Um, but we will continue to support our students and community through the years ahead. So we're going to get into the details of some of the budgetary issues. But first, what's going to happen to the students? 
Well, one reason we made this announcement is so that students would know everything that we knew uh, as they make decisions about how to best succeed uh, and meet their own educational goals. So it's important that students you know, know what's happening at a college. Um, we don't anticipate big changes in college and, uh, colleges and universities, so we need to bring in our community and let them know when we anticipate those changes. So we're making this shift now so that we can focus on supporting our current students through their degrees, whether those degrees are completed at Mills, and we believe many can be, or whether they're completed at another institution where Mills will build pathways that are individualized for each student to ensure that they have an opportunity to earn the degree they anticipated at a cost that's commensurable and in a situation that's um, as close as possible to what they anticipated at Mills College. If you're a student, former student, or employee at Mills College, um, we want to hear from you. What's your reaction to its end as a degree-granting institution? Did Mills play a role in your development as an artist or musician? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. And you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. We're talking with President of Mills College, Elizabeth Hillman. So Mills has had longtime financial troubles that predated your tenure and are shared by many small colleges. What, what is the basic institutional problem here for small colleges, like the model, the economic model for these schools? So all, all organizations, you know, whether they're for-profit or non, non-profit, have to manage to cover their expenses with their revenues. For non-profits, um, generating more revenue than expenses means we can invest in improving our ability to serve our missions. So when an organization like Mills doesn't bring in sufficient revenue to cover its expenses, it ends up in a precarious place. Um, Mills uh, revenues have declined because its enrollment has declined and because the net revenue per student has come down because of the financial pressures that have faced many of the students that Mills serves um, and, and because of the additional options that students have now. You know, higher education is a competitive climate. Students have a lot of options. Um, it's actually a sign of great success across higher education and beginning to promote, promote more equity that many students Mills has served have options elsewhere. Um, we believe our students could be successful in many places, and we're grateful that they choose Mills to, to further their educational goals. I also really strongly believe Mills is a special place that offers things that other institutions don't. And yet, you know, managing that challenge of having a cost structure based on our campus and our physical plant and our administrative and regulatory obligations um, on top of declining revenues, makes it difficult to sustain a, a small college um, in these times. So what I'm hearing is that while all sort of small colleges or many small colleges share uh, some of the same problems, you've also got this 135-acre campus. You've got 65 buildings. And that's instead of serving as an actual asset that helps you keep the school running, it's actually a, a drag on the budget. Uh, to some to some degree, yes, I think that's right. You know, what Mills has done to try to address these deficits is to reduce expenses, diversify revenue streams, um, and seek out partners. And and those measures have been have been successful in some respects, but they also do lead to some challenges. Like you mentioned, the campus itself. The campus not only has those 135 acres and 65 buildings, it also has 10,000 trees. Um, even now, we have a couple of hundred students living here on the campus um, during the pandemic. It's a lower density because of the risk of the pandemic and because we've been um, virtual um, in terms of our mode of instruction during during this shutdown. Um, but the, the persistent deficits make it tough to sustain that campus. We have seven miles of underground infrastructure on our campus. 
um, we have uh, we have uh, core maintenance projects that we need to pursue and update. And to be honest, we have environmental imperatives that we need to meet as well. And it gets very tough for a small college with limited revenues to meet all of those obligations as the number of students it's serving continues to shrink. Yeah. So I've read that Mills, and correct me if I'm wrong here on the numbers, I've read that Mills had a roughly $3 million deficit. Uh, and the school's endowment is something like $200 million. So obviously some of those monies are restricted by various donors. But this is a, a true emergency. So why can't you use some of that money to save the school? That's a great question. And we actually have been using um, that money and, and the, uh, the generous contributions of Mills alumni and other supporters to actually continue to support our expenses. We've also, um, with the support of our board of trustees, gone to great lengths to monetize assets meaning to sell things that the college has that aren't absolutely essential to our educational mission to support our operating costs. And we did that over the past year. Um, that's a painful thing for an institution of, of learning, of higher education to do, to sell off assets. Some assets are easy to sell. For instance, Mills sold IP addresses that we'd had from early on um, that actually didn't, uh, you know, that's not essential to our mission. And that, that brought in significant revenue that helped us cover our costs. But this year, we also sold a rare book. We sold Mill's complete first folio of Shakespeare. Um, and it set a record for uh, work of literature in, in terms of global um, sales. Uh, but that's a tragic thing to do, honestly, to sell that. And even though we sold that for almost $10 million, we still have a $3 million operating deficit this year. And our, endow- our endowment is, is a great source of strength for Mills. And it's a sign of how many have believed in Mills to the extent that they made gifts to the college to support things they thought were important. And yet it's not just partially restricted, it's, it's completely restricted. You know, endowments are limited in how much of those funds can be used at a particular time. So there's a time restriction. And they're also limited in the purposes for which they can be used. So the endowment is important and it can, can and will continue to sustain Mills' mission but we can't use it to support operating losses indefinitely. So in 2017, your office at Mills put together a plan called Mills Next uh, in an attempt to transform the school and, and increase revenue. And one of the moves that came uh, between then and now was also you, you cut tuition in an effort to drive more enrollment. Um, w- what happened? Why didn't that work? Well, you know, tuition uh, pricing strategies vary across different kinds of institutions. The times at which you change uh, the prices, you know, for Mills, to be clear, it was a reset. So we reduced, we were funding um, a tremendous amount of financial aid for students, not all of which we had actually the endowed funds or the resources to do, because we needed to do that to be competitive for the students and to, to come closer to meeting their full need. The challenge for us was not enough students were selecting Mills. So we we worked with um, with partners across higher ed to craft a plan to better uh, translate the actual cost of a Mills education to students and families who might be interested in coming to Mills. You know, it's a constant process of trying to adapt the cost of higher education to the demand that's out there and uh, help people understand it. As a parent now, um, working with, I have four, um, four students in my own household who are headed to college, I hope next year. Um, understanding college costs is tremendously difficult for me as a parent who's a college president, much less, um, you know, folks who have less experience and expertise around this. So all of higher ed, I think, has to work harder to be clear about the actual costs um, and the, the time to degree that students can expect. And I think that Mill's effort to reset our tuition was, was, an, was working towards that goal. And yet so many, um, so many intervening factors affected us. You know, we've worked hard to generate more students um, from here in the Bay Area who would be interested in Mills College. 
We were um, partners on the ground from before I, I came to Mills with the Oakland Promise, for instance, and the other Promise programs, which are dedicated to increasing the number of students from the, uh, the public school districts here in, in Northern California who are attending college. And, and those, those outreach efforts have, have shown tremendous success. And yet students are very cost sensitive. So Mills College is still more expensive than some of the other great higher education options that students have here in California. So I'd say that it, it did have an impact on the students that we were able to attract and serve. I'm proud that Mills is classified as a Hispanic serving institution because of the number of students from the Latinx community that we've attracted. I'm proud that we have such a great reputation in the LGBTQIA plus community that 60% of our students are students of color. I'm proud of our black students, our black community at Mills in the past, in the present, and I know long into the future will continue to make a disproportionate impact on the Bay Area and beyond and on Mills College itself. But the, the demographics, um, the financial needs, and the overall number of students that Mills has been able to attract just don't match what the expenses of the college are. Christine Vahar tweets, so crushed over this. My friend and I are both alumni and working artists, small biz owners here in Oakland. Mills brought us to Oakland in the mid-90s and is where we met. Mara, from the class of 2001, says, I'm devastated by this loss to our community and especially to women. My class was small and we became a family. In the classroom, I was able to speak and share my voice, something that didn't exist in my co-ed high school. We'll be back after the break with more with Elizabeth Hillman, president of Mills College. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We're talking about the announcement that Mills College will no longer admit students or confer degrees. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Joining us is Elizabeth Hillman, president of Mills College. Congresswoman Barbara Lee issued a statement saying she was heartbroken and outraged. And um, reading here, she said, I am asking the board of trustees to reconsider the decision to close the college and to explore all available funding options to meet its financial challenges. Is there some possibility that this decision will be reversed, President Hillman? No, I should be clear. The, the board uh, made a decision to begin the process of planning um, to wind down Mills' current academic degree programs and pursue the option of creating a Mills Institute. So the design of that Mills Institute, which you pointed out is not entirely clear yet, is just in its its beginning stages. We need to solicit input from our community and we need to, to think hard with that input about how Mills can best pursue its mission moving forward. Remember, our, our mission is tied to our, our ability to reach students and to educate and to, uh, to promote the kind of equity that Mills has become all about. It hasn't always been about that. You know, Mills has gone through a lot of changes over time. Congresswoman Lee is perhaps Mills' most beloved alumna her opinion matters tremendously to our board of trustees and to all of our community. And I understand her concern. There's a lot to be outraged about today, to be honest. And I, I understand her concern with this. I think there's many possibilities down the road. 
I, I don't think that Mills can continue in its current formulation um, into the future. And that's why the board made the decision that it did right now. Mm-hmm. Tiffany writes, I'm a current student who's hopeful that I will be able to propose and defend my dissertation before 2023. I hope that Mills does not become a place that is only accessible to elite white women. My question is if there is a plan to make sure Mills continues to be committed to raising up a diverse community. President Hillman. That's a great question. And there absolutely is. I don't believe Mills could continue to be Mills if it didn't continue to pursue more equitable outcomes. And I have to say, um, you know, the, the challenge of the last year from the movement for black lives and more has made obvious to everyone who didn't realize it before that we haven't done what we need to do to advance equity in terms of wealth, in terms of income, in terms of opportunity. Higher education is a great potential leveling force, but it's not realized that. To be honest, income gaps across lines of race persist regardless of educational status and level of individuals across communities. That's a devastating blow for our goals of advancing equity in higher ed. I think we need new structures to do better in this regard. I think Mills has been a significant place of refuge and an inspiration for many because of people like Congresswoman Lee, because of people like Latifa Simon, who's joining us here. You know, recent list of potential um, appointments to to the Senate, should the governor have a chance to appoint a new senator in California, included two graduates of Mills College on that list, a list of only six people that came out. Um, It's... uh, Mills has made a big difference, but it also hasn't done enough, just as other higher education institutions have not. Yeah. We'd like to bring in another voice. Angel Fabre is a senior at Mills College, and she's editor-in-chief of the student-run newspaper, The Campanile. Welcome to the show, Angel. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So what's the mood among the students right now? Right now, students are really concerned about the future of Mills and what a Mills Institute exactly is going to look like, um, especially that the spaces that have been cultivated at, cultivated at Mills have been mainly formed by our students and faculty and professors, and we're really confused about wh- what's going to happen um, with our professors, our our departments, our staff, and students still are asking a lot of questions that they feel are unanswered, and they feel like a lot of conversations around this transition are still a bit unclear. Mm-hmm. President Hellman, are you going to co-design, in a sense, the new Mills Institute with the current students, or who, who gets to have a say and a voice in that process? We are, and we absolutely want student input. And I want to acknowledge what Angel just said. Um, It's very difficult to share news without having precise and comprehensive information about what that news will mean. And yet to be responsible to our community and to engage them in both code design and a successful transition, we have to do that so that our community can help us um, speak up and tell us what will make for that successful transition. We want to divert resources specifically towards supporting the students who are at Mills right now. You know, this is a historic group of students These are the folks who will be the last graduates of Mills College. We want them to be incredibly successful. We want to give them the launch, the boost, the support that they need in order to move ahead. And we need to listen to them to do that. And yet it does create this tremendous uncertainty and and concern. And and getting the positive outcomes and negotiating um, a responsible transition for the dedicated faculty and staff of Mills is absolutely a part of this conversation. Angel, did you see this coming? I did not. 
Um, I was under the understanding that Mills was having a lot of financial struggles. Um, when I first came to Mills in 2017, that summer was when um, several tenured professors were laid off. So I knew that my college was having some type of, you know, financial struggle and enrollment issues, but I was not necessarily expecting the college to transition in such a large way. Um, we, me and some other students, you know, were under the assumption through some past conversations with the college that Mills would be, um, you know, uh, getting support from other local small colleges and having some types of uh, partnerships with other, other small women's colleges and colleges like us. So while I'm not um, super surprised by, you know, the news of Mills transitioning, I am a bit shocked by the way that it's being planned to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, President Hillman, there have been persistent rumors about Mills merging with, say, UC Berkeley or or other women's colleges doing something um, fairly radical that would keep it as a degree-granting institution. Is it possible that something like that could still happen? It is. Um, I think lots of things are possible. Um, and yet Mills made this decision based on where it stands uh, financially and with respect to its mission, um, not without um, – without having confirmed or without knowing exactly what might happen with those other institutions, because that was a part of us, uh, you know, meeting what we see as our obligation to our students and our community to share, to share where we are right now. But I think there's tremendous possibility for Mills reinvention, um, not as a degree granting institution, but as a place, as a campus, that's still a site of inspirational higher education and that does advance more equitable outcomes and also a place that stays true to Mill's history as a place that celebrates women's leadership and advances racial and gender justice as well as student success. I'd like to uh, add Latifa Simon into our conversation. She's a Mill's graduate. She's president of the Akhenati Foundation and serves on BART's board of directors. Welcome, Latifa. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. As an alum, how are you feeling? Well, um, I, I got to say that uh, I'm a cyclone. And Cyclones are Mills women, Mills students. That, that's our mascot. Um, we're forceful. And yet, as I listen to this conversation, I'm holding back tears. And because of my training at Mills College, I understand what it means to run an institution that is struggling to continue its mission, its values, struggling with revenue. I've run a lot of organizations. And so standing with President Hillman and knowing that she is a zealot for women-centered education, you know, she's embraced the students since she's come. She's embraced the alumni. And I know that this woman has been on the phone every single day for the past few years raising money for this organization. And so this decision is not only impacting her, but I think tens of thousands of women uh, across the world who have the experience like me uh, to experience a Mills education. I want to say this. Mills is a transformative institution like like no other that I've been a part of. It is a pedagogical sanctuary. It is a highlander for women. It is a research hub. And not only are we devastated because the thinking that the degree program will shift the community, the rigor that Mills has developed uh, is second to none. And I got to say, if in fact... Mills College closes. 
I believe not only Oakland suffers, the Bay Area will suffer, but the nation will not have what it's had for 169 years, you know, a cadre of women moving throughout the institution and leading as they, one, study, but also after their degrees are conferred, you know, to run city councils, to be young electeds, to create new childcare opportunities in cities where there are none. I can go on and on, but I would never be the woman that I have become if it were not for Mills. So while we are mourning, I believe that, you know, in some ways this is a charge and an opportunity for us to spread the gospel of what it means to have one of the nation's most powerful institutions struggling to survive. Um, and I'm here for it. And thank you, President Hellman, for all you continue to do. I know that you love us and I know that you want this institution to continue being all that it can be. It's also amazing to me that with so much money floating around the Bay Area, just billions and billions of dollars, someone could fix all this with the stroke of a pen like overnight, you know, That's and right. and it's just and nobody has. Um, it, it's actually crushing. Let's let's go to the phones. Um, Regina uh, in Oakland. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, I'm Regina. Um, I got an MFA in 2010 um, at Mills, and so it's really, really sad to hear this. I'm um, curious about the role, just like you were saying, um, of donors, especially major donors, and kind of what's keeping them from stepping up to the school's needs. President Hellman? Thank you, um, Regina, for that question. And Latifah, thank you for the shout-out and the reminder of what kind of place Mills has been. Um you know, the, the, the financial challenges that I described have been part of what have kept um, donors with great capacity from supporting Mill's current range of academic programs. Remember, there's a lot of higher education institutions that donors and, and other organizations that are promoting equity that people can choose to support. And many have chosen to support Mills. I need to be clear. Mills has benefited from the generosity of many tremendous foundations and individuals with philanthropic inclinations and who care about women's leadership and gender and racial equity. And yet when our operating losses persist over a period of time and we continue to, um, to essentially uh, erode the assets of the college rather than grow the assets of the college, it doesn't create the kind of situation that attracts donors with the greatest capacity. Um, that doesn't mean that people don't want Mills to succeed. I think what it means is that we have to find a way to succeed in a different way than what we've done so far. We're talking with Elizabeth Hillman, president of Mills College, Latifah Simon, Mills graduate, president of the Akhenati Foundation and serving on the BART board of directors, and Angel Fabre, a senior at Mills College and editor-in-chief of the newspaper there. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Um, Did Mills play a role in your development as an artist or a musician? Are you a former student, uh, employee of Mills College? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Latifa, you're part of this incredible lineage of black women leaders who've come out of Mills. You know, we talked about uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee, and she mentioned having met Charlotte Chisholm uh, there, uh, obviously yourself. So many institutions struggle with uh, building uh, good, inclusive cultures that produce great outcomes for, for black people and black women. What does Mills do right? You know, Mills was one of the first institutions, learning institutions from elementary, middle and high school that I had been in where I had a majority women of color, people of color professors. Um, 
I came to Mills um, as a young adult. Um, I was actually working in Kamala Harris's office when she was the district attorney, and I was going to school halftime, and I was a single mom. The first day of class, I was the first day of college for me, I was in my 20s, and I stepped into a Black literature class, an African-American literature class led by Professor Montz. And there was an 18-year-old girl from Chicago who had flew in just days before with a three-month-old baby in her arms. The students passed around that baby while we read the first chapter of Colored Girls. And I knew then in that moment that generational curses are broken in this place, that this was actually a place where learning was expected and encouraged. And the rigor, regardless of how many young people of color were there who had no money sitting next to young women with extreme wealth, that we together were going to build something amazing. I will say that for me, it took me 12 years to get my undergraduate degree as a working single mother at Mills. And the professors and the the administration, they kept pulling me back. And my story is the story of hundreds of women that I know. They kept pulling us back because they wanted to, for us to understand that education as women of color was our right and that we had a responsibility to lead in community. I don't know of another institution that would have the patience and the foresight to see women like us and give space and place for us. And again, that is why we have all over the last three days, we have been on the phone all night. We are planning vigils. We are experiencing um, a death of who we are. And I got to say, President Hillman, we, we are going to fight to keep one of the most special places in the world um, open for, for all of us. God, thank you. We need you to do that, Latifa. We That's need right. everybody who loves Mills to stand up um, and actually make sure that we can sustain this into the future. Alexis, I just want to add what Latifa described is in part the success of Mills, but it is in significant part the failing of other institutions. I recently had a graduate student um, who serves on a board committee for the, our board of trustees explain to our trustees that this Mills was the first time that he didn't think that after experience, he was pursuing a graduate degree, lots of education he had, um, a brilliant uh, um, uh, professional. He said Mills is the first place he'd ever been that he, he didn't have faculty who he felt wanted to fail him. Hmm. The first place. I want to bring in Alana from Berkeley, a Mills graduate. Right on. Good morning. Thank you to all of my sisters out there who are Mills College graduates. My name is Ilana. I got my master's degree in education from Mills College. And I just want to say it is Mills College who took a risk on me as somebody who didn't have another family member in my college who graduated from um, another family member in my home, graduated from college. I graduated from high school with a 1.87 GPA. And it was Mills College for graduate school that took my scholarship seriously, took me seriously as a scholar, as an African-American woman with very little background in formal education in my family structure, and made me the leader, the scholar, the teacher, the educator I am today. Without Mills College, I would not be doing what I am. I run a foundation in this country. Um, I'm a community leader. And without Mills taking risks on women of color like me, uh, we, I wouldn't be here, and so many of my sisters wouldn't be here. Thank you so much, That's Mills right. College, and we need to fight. That's right. That's right. Alana, you are amazing. I can't wait for us to be out there in the struggle together to save Mills. It's so good hearing your voice. Chris tweets, um, on the new campus, will there be any jobs for the people who work at Mills who teach or perform other uh, vital functions? President Hillman? Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, and I don't know the details of that yet. You know, we need to work out agreements with other partners 
who would um, would be able to use the Mills resources to pursue a mission very, very close to Mills and work with an ongoing Mills Institute that will persist into the future to make sure that we continue to pursue uh, these kinds of opportunities. I want to be clear, this is in part a decision to better care for our faculty and staff. Those financial constraints that I've talked about, they've not only scared away potential donors, they've also meant our compensation for employees has been stagnant. The demands on faculty and staff has increased, and we haven't been able to fully fund all of the deferred maintenance and campus upgrades that people need in order to continue to succeed. Now, people at Mills have been creative and resilient, and you're hearing the graduates of Mills. You can, you can see that in them. Um, when Latifa graduated from Mills, she was our commencement speaker. She was, uh, you should watch that commencement speech, honestly. It's um, posted online. It's an amazing speech about being a cyclone. But the, the impact of Mills financial challenges have been real on its community. And we want to support the community through that transition and find more opportunities for the folks who are serving Mills right now. Lena writes, I was at Mills in the mid-70s. Mills has done so much to further my development, both culturally and intellectually. The nurturing environment has enabled me to be more assertive and had a successful working career. I think being a degree-conferring institution is paramount to enable racial and gender equality for far more than one as an institute. I'm beyond sad, and I'm at a loss for words at this decision. Thanks for joining us at this extremely difficult time. President Hillman, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Angel, senior at Mills College, thank you. Thank you. And Latifa Simon, you're always so inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go Cyclones. We'll be back with more after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.